0: Welcome back to The Lead, a podcast about content marketing by Copyblogger Media. I'm your host, Jared Morris. If you want to get a content marketing education while you're making breakfast or on an evening stroll, this podcast is the way to do it. In this episode, Damian Farnworth and I break down the sixth essential ingredient in a blog post, and this one's exquisite. By definition, something that is exquisite is extremely beautiful and typically delicate. Delicate, huh? That might make it seem a bit strange then to use the word exquisite to qualify the types of subheads that are essential to a blog post. Sure, you want them to be beautiful in a sense to capture attention and preserve readability, but delicate? debate all you want about whether that part of the definition applies to writing good subheads but this much I know your readers attention span is delicate and whether that reader is reading every single word in your post or just scanning breezily on through there is a delicate balance that your copy must strike to draw readers in and subheads play a huge role in keeping readers flowing on down the page personally I like to think of subheads as simply mini headlines like the prefix suggests We know how important headlines are, explaining to you in episode one of this series, how to make them magnetic. So it seems to me then, Damien, that subheads ought to serve a similar purpose, promise a benefit that the subsequent copy will fulfill, and that you ought not overlook them, just as you would never overlook the headline itself.
1: Exactly, uh, Jared. The whole goal is to capture attention. There's... Studies out there that, that demonstrate that you know only about 10% of your of your visitors are going to read every word that you write. The rest will simply scan. And uh, this was beautifully demonstrated in an article by uh, Farhad Manju from Slate magazine. And he's got this article called "You Won't Finish This Article," and it's a about a 2,000 word article. And he opens it up beautifully, talking about. Um, the nature, the state of online reading, and as he's going through the paragraphs, he's describing the behavior of most readers. And you know, when, by the time he gets to the third paragraph, he's saying about you know about thirty percent of you have probably dropped off by now. And then as he moves to the fourth you know paragraph, he moves down that. And so the point being is, uh, nobody really reads online unless. It's absolutely necessary and it's absolutely got their attention. He did some research for, um, or he, he, he asked the company Chartbeat, a web analytics company, to run some numbers for Slate Magazine articles to see how they scrolled through Slate Magazine articles. And the findings are pretty revealing. Uh, most visitors will read about 50% of what you write. Uh, there's a huge percentage, though. Who don't don't even scroll, so that they, they see the headline and that's about it, and they move on. Um, but the, the and so the then the rest is just, you have this, this very n- natural bell curve. Fifty percent will read, and so for the headlines, for the subheadlines, those are for the scanners. Those people who are coming to that article that okay, they they've been attracted to your headline, they like your first sentence, but now they're just going to scroll through and see if anything else captures their attention.
0: Yeah, and and. To, to win that war on attention attrition, I guess you could say, you've got to have those subheadlines that capture people, that keep them there, that keep them moving down the page. So, you know, we talk about how they're like mini headlines. So, then do the same tricks, I, I, you know, tricks, techniques that you would use for writing headlines apply to subheadlines? I mean, is it as easy as telling people to go back and listen to our magnetic headlines episode to get a good idea for what they should be doing with subheads?
1: Yeah, it really, it really is. All the same tricks applies. You know, we talk about the four U's, asking questions, and enti- it's all about enticing, teasing. Yeah, you know, you want to be descriptive in this. You know, uh, what you're writing. So, yeah, going back, learning how to write headlines translates, and this is a beautiful thing about like learning a fixed principle, like writing a headline that will translate across mediums. It'll translate throughout your article from the headlines to the bullets to the subheadlines but it'll also translate from blog posts to writing twitter headlines facebook posts google posts etc
0: so yeah yes the same tricks do apply and something else to keep in mind with subheadlines, and this actually harkens back to the the last episode in this series with bullet points, where we talk about being consistent with them and this idea of parallelism. If you would kind of talk about that, what it is and why it's so important with subheads. Yeah, so
1: just like they were, just like bullet points, you wanted to be consistent. For example, like you wanted to be consistent with bullet points. We talked about, you know, sort of being, par- being parallel. So if, if you're starting it with, with verbs then um, each one of your bolts should be a verb same thing with the subheadlines if you are st- if you your first subheadline is starting with a verb it's it's good to keep it consistent now it's it's not I would I'd probably say you know this is one of those things where you can bend this you know there this is no hard and fast rule this is something you can't bend but it for I think for sort of looking for that consistency and that rhythm that comes with Ah, uh, good articles. You have that cadence that comes with a consistent, you know, verb, 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 verb. So it's kind of pushing and edging the reader down through the page, and then also the, the same thing. Um, you know, we, we, t- we talked about w- what's effective with subheadlines is sometimes you'll have posts that are like I, I mentioned this four steps to washing dishes with vinegar before you get cholera, right? So the way you want to design those subheadlines would you you want to be consistent with step one, step two, step three, and step four but with the headline, what you want to include in that is like a descriptor of that. So it'd be step one, uh, boil the water. Step two, uh, pour in you know, a gallon of vinegar. Step th- And then step three, step four. And this is going to be seen too, like writing a post about mistakes or something. Whenever there's some sort of a sequence, there's a sequence of events. So example, Brian wrote an article called five landing page mistakes that crush conversion. And so in that post, what you could do too is say, you know, mistake number one, describe that mistake. Just real short descriptors. Mistake number two, describe that mistake. So, again, what that does for the scanner, the person who's just looking down says, okay, this is a mistake. I need to focus on this. I need to focus on this. I need to focus on this. And what, you know, the thing that you have to, you know, we have to talk about, have to think about is that, you know, when right, I talk about not very many people are going to actually read your post, right? So you have a scanner. They jump to your page. They like the headline. They start scrolling down. They might the first headline might not do it. The second headline, the third headline might not do it. But eventually they get to that fourth one. They're like, oh, that's interesting. And so they jump into that section, read that section, but realize that if they really want to understand what they're reading, they have to go back to the next section and read. It. That's the way. I don't know about you, Jared, but that's the way I read online. I catch something. I read. I'll read a portion of it because what people are doing the whole time is evaluating whether they want to invest their time into that particular article or if they you know at, at best save it for later whether they use readability or put a bookmark on there so that's what you know subheadlines are are just you think of think of, of subheadlines as like hooks or burrs in in essence you know they're they're the burrs that when people you know the that, stick to you in the woods on your clothing when you go through there that's what a subheadline is it's that burr to get people to stop to hook them so they they look And then finally, when you're talking about um, when you're using subheadlines, you know, say you're not using like kind of a how-to post with steps, but you're you're talking about like you're sort of of explaining something, maybe it's it's historical, you're you're giving some sort of shape to the historical movement, or you're talking theory at this point. What the subheadlines do at this point, they should summarize the article. So the scanner should be able to read and sort of feel the flow of the story by your subheadlines. They should sort of feel like there's there's the opening, there's there's the middle, you know, middle part, and there's the conclusion. So uh, the head, subheadlines should give them a quick and easy guide to seeing what's going on with the story.
0: So we've spent a lot of time so far here talking about subheadlines from a reader perspective and how they can impact the reader. But subheadlines can actually be very useful for the writer before the post ever gets to the reader. You know, t- tell me if you've had this happen where you're kind of writing a post and you, you just kind of put in placeholders for your subheads. You know, you have introduction and you'll have, you know, subhead, right. su- subhead two, subhead three, subhead right. four. I'll do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. Whereas what you can do with subheads is, is plan them out in the beginning. Use them to kind of outline your post you know, thinking about them beforehand as opposed to just kind of this afterthought that you slap in there before you hit publish, it can really help you, I think, organize your thoughts, organize your posts from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's
1: really what we're talking about here is creating an outline. You mentioned you have your headline and then you'll have your subheadlines, And so – Sometimes, you know, so so it does help the help the, the actual writer because sometimes, you know, I'll sit down and if especially if I, you know, working on sort of a larger project, and I have tons of notes, and I'll start working through my notes and stuff, and as and as I sort of hit key points, I'll put stuff that aside as this will be a, a subheadline and then start piling, you know, uh, notes that are related to that underneath that. So it helps me, you know, gather and corral all the information that I've I've been, you know, a get- gathering at that point. It also has, you know, it keeps it keeps the writer on track as they are editing. I really start with the headline, and I really start with the subheadlines. Really, I've got the, an idea. I start writing. I start, you know, putting in research, and then when I go back shaping it after I have get the first draft done, I go back shaping it, and then I'll start putting in subheadlines. And what that does is that it helps it it helps the writer to be clear and concise in what they're saying. It keeps them on track because, you know when you're reading through it, and you're, you're, you're sort of shaping this, you know, especially if it's a long article, you're sort of shaping this article, and you realize that, you know, you get to a point, and you're like, I'm not sure if this sits well in the rest of what I'm saying. So you put it, you, you stick a sub-headline on there, and then you kind of gauge it with the rest of the headlines, and you say, okay, yeah, so, you know, point A is this, point B is that, point C is this, but point D is this, and it seems a little bit off, so how do I need to shape that, get back in there, or do I even need that? So I really find that, like, you know, especially when going through the heavy editing portions of writing posts, that you know, creating the subheadlines, even if it does mean at this point, it's like, hey, this is a really good idea to transition from big idea A to big big idea big idea B, and then put like, you know, and I will just put in the post subheadline just to say this is a transition point. I got to think about a headline for this, so you know,
0: that helps me shape that actual article. Okay, so here's the million-dollar question for you then. Uh, we published an article from you earlier this week called 13 uh, Damn Good Ideas from 13 Dead Copywriters. A <laughs> post like that, it is, it's very, very easy to figure out where to put subheads and how many to use because, I mean, you know, you've got kind of an intro subhead, a closing subhead, and then you've got one for each of these 13 steps. But in a post where it's not that easy, especially a longer post, how many subheads should you use? Where should you put them? What is – what's some criteria that you use to make those decisions?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Like um, I, this really was this, – this whole point about subheadlines and writing for the web, I mean I've been at this for over, you know, 14 years. Um, but it, there was a comment on an article I wrote that 12 writing exercises that will transform your, your copy. And there was an article that somebody wrote on there that said – you know, that they basically said this was a – you know, thirteen—I forget what's thirteen hundred word article. It didn't seem like that at all, and and that kind of like stopped me. And I went back and I looked through it, and you know, it, it's it's a very airy article. I mean, like, there's a lot of white space, but there's a lot of subheadlines too. But each subheadline inside each subheadline, it's also airy. The point being is, like, yeah, you ha- the subheadlines have to be in there to, to, to depending upon the length of what you're writing. So, like, a hundred word article, I'm not sure needs a subheadline. A two hundred word article, maybe a five hundred word. I definitely at least two, Um, but, but it really it comes down to kind of gut instinct, you know. Really like what you know, and dividing, dividing the post into meaningful sections, right? Again, it goes back to that thought of 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 helping you sort of shape and organize your thoughts. But just what what is a meaningful section? And when I say meaningful. Again, it depends upon the content, so you just have to kind of feel your way through there. But I think with the longer articles, you know, the more the better. I, I kind of, you know, just as a rule of thumb, sometimes, you know, when I'm working through a post and I'm scrolling through it, um, you know, at, at, on the preview mode, I will look at it, and if I don't come across, and if it's a longer article, if I don't come across a subheadline every full screen, you know, uh, scroll. Then um, I know that I probably need to put one in there. Because again, I'm thinking about the, re- the scanner, the person who's scanning is doing exactly what I'm doing, is scrolling it. And so putting a subheadline in there helps
0: helps kind of drop, you know, keep, keep their attention with what they're writing. Yeah, and and real quick, just to piggyback on that too, from an editing perspective, I don't think you can always tell where you need a subhead, you know, like if you're using WordPress, inside the WordPress edit screen, you really need to do a final preview on the site itself so you see how it will be seen by the users, and as you read through, you know, you kind of start to get the rhythm of the post, and you see it how your reader will, and that that I think will tell you. Okay, right here, you know, this spot this has been going on too long. It's too long a block of text. It needs a subhead. Needs to break it up. You'll start to see that when you read it in a preview version, like your readers will see it. So, with all that said, Damien, any final thoughts? Any final tips when it comes to subheads that we can uh, that we can leave the listeners with?
1: Yeah, I've got it. Yeah. So the length of your subheadlines. Um, again, this is back to the bullets. brevity and it, it, it reigns supreme. So. Um, here's something to think about, though, like Outbrain, who has this this huge sort of um, article distribution distribution network, ran a study not long ago and discovered that as far as headlines go, the ones that got the most click throughs were were headlines with sixty to to one hundred characters or about sixteen words. Um, and if you think about that, that's kind of within the uh, range of the the sort of upworthy type headlines. So if you can get your headline, your subheadlines within the range of like say ten to, to, to sixteen words, I, I think sixteen words is probably a, a lot for a uh, sub headline. So so ten and under. But again, it's about being descriptive. It's about you know enticing. I'm just yeah, those are the types of length you want to look for.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Lead. I know we went a bit over our allotment of 15 minutes, but hopefully it was worth it. We'll be sure to work on our brevity next time. If you're enjoying the show, please consider leaving us a rating or a review on iTunes. And join us next time when we seduce you into learning the seventh ingredient that every blog post needs. Talk to you soon. So I wish I was a slave to an age-old trader. have mercy on my rough and